0: Welcome to the Simply Resilient podcast. This is episode number 36, an interview with Wendy Ray my name is jesse ellertson and i am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you this podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process you know what to do and you're doing it all while holding down the fort at home but you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain if you are ready to thrive then you are in the right place I'm excited to share an interview that I did in January with you guys today with a good friend of mine, Wendy Ray. She is a military spouse, she is a veteran, and she is a life coach. And I had such a good time getting to know her. And then just last week we were able to meet in person in Dallas as we both went to a conference that ended up being canceled because of the coronavirus. But it was fun to meet her in person and get a picture with her. And you can see that I've posted that on Instagram and Facebook. Anyway, I'm excited to share this interview with you guys and let you get to know Wendy a little bit more and her experiences that she's had in the military and also what she has to offer as a life coach. So enjoy. Okay, well, let's just get right into it if you're feeling good. Yeah, I'm
1: feeling really good, excited.
0: Yay, me too. Okay, Wendy, thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast today. Can you start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself, about your military experiences, and then later on we'll get into like your life coaching and your niche and all of of that.
1: Absolutely. First, Jesse, I want to say thank you so much for not only inviting me to your podcast, but really to have a platform for all military spouses, I think. Um, me thinking now, if I would have had this available, oh. the tools that you have available, I would have been a different uh, military spouse or at yeah. least a better, I think. But, you know. A
0: pleasure and a privilege. So thank you.
1: Yeah. And then just to give you a little bit about me, I was an army officer and I was an HR, human resource officer. And my husband was a logistics officer also in the army. We were both stationed at Fort Bragg. And we were what they call the military called a dual military family. So yes, okay. We pretty much knew we had to play or, or wear both hats, right? Like the the actual military person and the spouse.
0: Yeah, he's a military spouse, and so are you.
1: Right, right. So you know, it was kind of like dual hatted. And what I used to do, I was more on what we call the staff. So I was the primary human resource officer for the battalion or the organization. And my husband was more at the um, company level. He was actually what they call like a line officer. He used to be actually a platoon leader for a logistics organization. And okay. he used to pretty much have an entire platoon. And at one point he was the executive officer. So, you know, kind of supporting him at that level and him supporting me at my level as well. Right. And I eventually did move to another unit that was at a higher headquarter. Okay.
0: Okay. So Your husband was the XO for a little while and you were stationed at Fort Bragg
1: the whole time that you guys were in or? So for the most part, yes, we were at Fort Bragg. Then we moved to Fort Drum, but then he was the spouse at Fort Drum because he was already, he was uh, military. He was um, retired medically. So he was pretty much traveling with me as a spouse.
0: Oh, cool. Um, So
1: during his transition, and then I was pretty much the only one in the service at that time. But for the most part, Fort Bragg, we were there for five years. Okay.
0: Total. And I remember from when we talked earlier that you had mentioned that you enlisted while you were in high school.
1: Yeah. So, so you were like a senior in high school or? So actually I was a junior in high school and I decided wow. that I wanted to join the military and um, really make it a career for me.
0: Oh, awesome. And
1: I did it while they had this simultaneously uh, military program that you could do. You could enlist in the reserves and then eventually go in active duty after high school. and also at that time I decided I wanted to get a bachelor's degree and I chose to go to a military college and actually that's where I met my husband.
0: Right that makes sense that that really will lead to a dual military (laughs) situation there if you're all the people that are in your dating pool are also in the military. (laughs) Right yeah. So what led to maybe just a little bit of what led up to that kind of decision your junior year to want to, to know that you wanted to join so early. I'm just curious about that.
1: Yeah. So for me, it was more of challenging myself physically because mm-hmm. I was never an athlete. I was never in sports. I remember signing myself up for basketball when I was growing up just because I wanted to do something more. But it really started with this challenge of me doing something more than just going to college or being what I like to call myself a, a normal civilian. So I wanted <laughs> (laughs) to push myself and do something more than that. And at the time, you know, we were at war and I just wanted to go ahead and do that. And that's why I Mm. enlisted. Mm. And I was actually a cook. That's how I started. Mm. Um, And then eventually I decided to go to college and commission as an army officer. And I did do that with uh, Georgia Military College and the University of North Georgia.
0: Oh, awesome. So what year did you enlist? When were you, what year were you a junior?
1: This was 2007 when I enlisted and I commissioned in 2010
0: and you you did get your bachelor's partly at the military college and partly at the other one you said that I already forgot correct
1: yeah yeah so then I decided that um, first I wanted to be a, a medical officer that was my my dream that's what I mm. wanted to do is kind of serve others in a way that I could help them physically you know depending on what the actual service would have been for me, I wanted to do more like psychology, but then later, um, my junior year in college, I decided that that wasn't going to be the route for me at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was, I had the pr- privilege to get human resources, which is a fancy term that they have in the military. That is uh, as did ad- in general. And mm. at that time, I didn't know that I was doing it to serve, but it really is, you know, helping and serving your unit, serving others within your organization. And I, I'm truly blessed I was able to do that I think it was seriously something that happened for me um, at the time because it helped me really show me who I was as a person and yeah. it all went with my leadership as well that I I really appreciated throughout my career
0: what a cool experience so including the years that you were enlisted how, how many years were you in total
1: total 10, 10 because 10, I, okay. I got out December 31st of 2017 mm, I see
0: cool I know that you have a couple of kids and I was just wondering did you have kids when
1: you were still in the military or was that after you got out so we had Jacqueline our oldest okay when we actually started or when Jaren started his first day in the military, which was so funny because I actually called it a month before. She was like born
0: on his first day?
1: Yeah. She was born on his first day of training when he literally signed in. And that night I went into labor.
0: (laughs) You predicted that. You're like, this is going to come.
1: And we had no one there. Uh, But thankfully his training was in... uh, Petersburg, not Petersburg, but um, Fort Lee, which is in Petersburg, Virginia, and his parents um, do live in Fayetteville. So they, it was a about three-hour drive, four-hour drive, but it was really scary because I had no one. My parents are in Florida. So it was my first experience as a military family, a military spouse, because I wasn't active duty yet. And it really just kind of gave me a glance on what it was going to look like very soon because we knew that eventually he was going to figure out where he was going go and we were going to do that all over again because we're going to be there for um, initially only two months, but then we were told that he was going to do an additional school, which was rigor school. So then that added an additional month to the training. So, Well, and having
0: your first baby is already hard and scary. Yeah. (laughs) Throw into it. We both have jobs. He just started this brand new position. My parents are far away. I mean, just all that makes it even more challenging.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was, I think the word or the feeling that I had at that time, I was just scared. I was terrified. Terrified, like it was just a new beginning to everything. You know, I was a mom. I was. I knew that I was also a spouse. My husband was doing something different or new. Um, what he was learning, and then I knew I was going to go into training shortly after that. So it was a bunch of emotions, but the strong one was just terrified. Terrified. What <laughs> was coming? So
0: when? How quickly did you go active? Did you go active duty at, after that point?
1: So I had to wait um for me to be cleared by my um medical, my OBGYN that I was good to go. And I started training that same year in October mm. when I went to Fort Jackson. That's what I had, to, that's where I had to report. And that was very scary as well because I had to leave her behind with um my mother-in-law because at that time and I've been so blessed because she's always been available, mm. but we couldn't he couldn't be responsible because I had to go to the field during the training. And then I couldn't be fully responsible because I also had to do a lot of training, be there early and finding a means of daycare and kind of, so we were in like three separate homes at one point. Oh yeah. That's (laughs) a lot to juggle. Yeah. It was, um, it was the logistics for sure. You know, we had to like really plan when we're going to be able to meet all the three of us together. And also, you know, when he was going to move and then not, not to mention, look for a place to live at our next duty station, which we didn't know of at the moment. Right. We found out 30 days before he moved, or before he finished his rigor school.
0: When you're taking these three really important responsibilities—his job, your job, and then your baby—and you're trying to just figure out how to make it all work, like logistics—that is a good word for just making that all work. You then you had your son, and you were still in you, right. You had them both while you were yeah. Both we
1: we had them both while we were both in and. Yeah. Weston, believe it or not, was not planned. And we we were trying to figure out our lives yeah. at that time, um, not only as both being in leadership positions in our military life, but also within our marriage, right? As parents, as a husband, as a spouse. And then we had Weston. And, and, and again, just he seriously made everything better. Um, oh, I have
0: one of those. I have an unplanned baby that made everything better. I mean, yeah. you're saying like we're trying to figure our life at that moment and you would think yeah. like the last thing we would need would just throw another baby in it if right. we're like trying to get things figured out. But sometimes, man, it's just the thing. And yeah. I mean, have six, so we just obviously <laughs> kept throwing more babies in the mix. But anyway, yeah. keep going. Sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no. So like for for us, it was really trying to balance, you know, mom, dad, kids. Um, I guess our roles Mm -hmm. what role we played in our relationship in our marriage as parents and also again as trying to be able to juggle work um, especially being at Fort Bragg right being in what we like to call the center of the universe he at the time was with the global response force team which is also known as the GRF with a second brigade in the 82nd airborne division so I mean he was on call at three in the morning they would call him at any time, or he would just not come home until late at night, because again, that was priority, not only um, for him as a leader, but for the organization in case they were called within, you know, 18 hours, they have to be ready to deploy.
0: Right. Wow.
1: So that was challenging. A lot of pressure. A lot for of everyone. Really <laughs> Yeah.
0: Let's talk about deployments. Let's talk about, I mean, if he was on that force, at least at that time when he would deploy, it was short notice but then for shorter amounts
1: of time or how did that work so he actually didn't deploy um, okay. at that time they um, weren't they didn't activate the grf so but what they did a lot was do the rehearsals of if they did yes. get a call so they would do that like once a week yeah. and then they would go to JRTC. so he would go to training events even if it was two weeks or 30 days yeah or he would just do it for a day kind of you know rehearsing and doing the the walkthrough of what they would have to do within the 18 hours and he would, you know, be doing it. So whatever we had planned of, you know, what I had going on at work and um, what he had going on at work wouldn't match. So yeah. just to give you an example, I was scheduled to go to the field and we already had our, our plan in place. You know, I'm going to pick up the babies and, you know, we're going to drop them off at, at grandma's or if he did have, if he knew of a scheduled um, training, we would, would, you know, do vice versa, I would pick them up and and he would go to his training, but it got to the point where I was in the field, he was supposed to pick them up, but he couldn't because then he was called. So then we would have to make sure that grandma was always available, if not someone else to pick them up from daycare and Mm -hmm. allow them to have their daily routine, which was going to school, going to daycare at that time. So it kind of became complicated because our communication wouldn't be as immediate, even though we had cell phones and we knew each other's numbers of you know where we worked but it was so difficult to communicate because sometimes I wouldn't be available to be in a meeting or just yeah. you know in a brief and you know vice versa with him right he just didn't have any he couldn't he wasn't able to access a phone or read his yeah. email at the time
0: so it sounds like you had to have like a plan a a plan b a plan c and a plan <laughs> yeah. b because right it could just be any combination of those things right yeah oh, that's a yeah. lot one one yeah. thing that I talk to my my clients about and, and the, my listeners for this podcast is we may not always be dealing with a deployment, but we're dealing with that a deployment can happen, you know, sometimes short notice, sometimes not, but just knowing that there's probably one in our future weighs on our mind. And then also just the frequent, you know, TDYs and trainings and different things, whether it's for two weeks or six weeks, or it's the back and forth of the schedules. It's managing, you know, fear, depending on where what they're doing, managing anxiety, depending on like, will I be able to t- pick up this Responsibility, or when he gets back, will you know? Just so much of that. It it's a really interesting way of life. This military yeah. life that most civilians don't understand. They may have husbands who travel, which is it's challenging in its own way. But this this way of life, where we, we I make this joke that like, oh, the army owns my husband. You know, like they just yeah. call and he goes. Like, it, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it feels like in the civilian world, but. To me, this feels even more so that way. And when you live that way, you feel like you're out of control, like right. you, like you don't have a sense of control over these things, and right. that's a really disempowering place to come from. So I love to talk to my listeners and my clients about that. There are, of course, the things in our circumstances that we can't control, but there's so much within our control, and that's like the power I'm trying to take back for myself and help them right. take back. And it's so good.
1: Yeah, and you know, with that, Jesse, you know, you bring up a good point because even myself as a military. uh, person. I understand the language. I understand exactly what's happening. I still had a problem with it. Right. So like, first I want to say, I applaud all of the military spouses because Mm, I know that 80% of the time they do not know what's happening. And so that within itself was overwhelming um, for me because in the back of my mind, I'm like, I know what's happening. I know he has to be there. And I know that the training comes first but I still had this idea that we had to blame I had to blame someone for my struggle right like for me it wasn't like oh yeah I understand that he has an obligation right for me it was it's because of his chain of command or because of his unit that I now don't have a babysitter right or or I now can't fulfill my job because I have to do it because he's not here right yeah so or I'm like,
0: doing bedtime alone again or right right the, or I'm you know, doing the sixth day we haven't had dinner together as a family or right you know. right
1: yeah or I am now thinking of dinner putting them in the, putting them in the tub getting stuff ready for the next day alone and then I would blame all of that frustration on him and on you know on the ocean and on the army, and <laughs> on the army and it, <laughs> it all just went back to the army which i I, I thought was fascinating yeah uh, I
0: told my husband, because again, for the most part, you know, we're operating from our, or not for the most part, a lot of the time we're operating from a rational brain that understands the job, understands the expectations, has appropriate expectations. And like, I'm very supportive of what my husband does, but he knows that I have what I call bad army days where I just take a day to just be really mad at my circumstances where I'm like, (laughs) I know all the things and I really do believe and think those ways. But then I occasionally indulge in a day where I'm just like, today, I hate the army, just today. And then tomorrow we'll go back to where I manage my mind and, and do all the things that make yeah. me feel so much better <laughs>
1: yeah but see now you have the tools right now oh, you yeah. can be aware of that and I will tell you five ten years ago I had no idea No and idea. Yeah. Everything that I was thinking, I was pretty much putting it on my husband and putting it on the army, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what I was doing unintentionally.
0: And then you layer on top of that it. like guilt that you're now like yeah. angry at your husband because it's just so conflicting. Yeah. You're like anyway. Yeah. It.
1: And then, you know, with that came for me, like I was so ashamed for feeling this way, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. like, there's other spouses out there that have never experienced the military, know nothing about, you know, what you know, this unit even means or the the chain of command, the structure. And yet here I am complaining and blaming it on the army when I'm a part of the entity. Right. And so like, I never wanted to talk about it with anyone. I was so ashamed that if I even started to talk to another spouse that, you know, I thought I was all alone and it was just me feeling this way and no one is going to understand what I feel. So for me, it was like really just resisting all of it and then just putting, it on my husband or you know with my boss or or his boss right like I used to blame yeah. them because it's so much easier for us to do that I don't know if you've noticed that but it's so much easier to just give them the responsibility like it's your fault I'm feeling this way Absolutely. versus really you know facing that it's not the circumstance it's not that he went to the field or that he's gone for over 30 days yeah. but just you know what I'm thinking and understanding that it's really what I make it mean, right? Like, what do I want to make this training mean for the family? Yeah. And I wish I would have known this eight years ago, but you know, now that's, you know, one thing that, you know, hopefully your listeners take away is that when we sometimes think we are are fighting this person, we're not really fighting the person. We're trying to fight the discomfort that we have, which could be Mm. a negative emotion. Mm -hmm. So it's easier for us to blame our, the people that we love to blame the army. To blame the circumstance, the training, or the deployment, right? Because yeah. it's so much easier.
0: Well, and I like that you're mentioning that. And I, I the, the word easier is really interesting because that is initially what you think it's going to be. Like, I mean, you're not consciously saying this will be easier, so let's do this. But I think a word that I'm almost replacing that word easy with is familiar. Yeah. Like the pattern that we have of blaming our outside circumstances for the way we're feeling is so familiar to us. And so then, then we kind of trick ourselves to think that'll be, that means it's easier. Right. It, it's a world of hurt. I mean, it's a world of, of frustration and that disempowerment so really isn't easier, but because it's familiar, we're we're kind of disillusioned to think it's easier. And that's so yeah. fascinating
1: Yeah. to really, and,
0: really think and, about.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if I would have known what I know now and really applied these tools and, and really asked for help mm-hmm. when I really needed it, I think not only, you know, or I know it, it would have been a total, a, a different experience. Right. Versus being in a place where I literally felt stuck. I gained a lot of weight. Um, I wasn't true to myself, or even served the people around me when it came to when it really boiled down to being present as a leader and as a mom Mm -hmm. and as a wife. Right? Like I wasn't present then because I was so worried, and I carried this frustration with me.
0: Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about for a minute a little bit. We've talked about this a little bit before. Just the
1: mind drama. So we talked about just
0: understanding things rationally. We've already touched on this a little bit today, but just to still deal with all that mind drama. And when you were just talking about not being present and not really showing up as yourself, like that's one thing I've noticed or one thing I've observed through life coaching and through mind management is that for the first time in my life, I've been able to intentionally overcome that mind drama and be the the version of myself I want to be. And I'm not saying that I'm always that or that that is always like this perfect version, but am showing up as my true authentic self because I'm creating it rather than just giving in to mind drama and just seeing what happens and then kind of being that version of me that, that indulges in that mind drama. So I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on all of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So for me, it was understanding why I was there, right? I used to question, you know, why why am I in the military? And, you know, think I, I used to think that if I left the military or if I had better leaders or if my husband would just be home more, my life would be better Mm -hmm. and I think that's what everyone thinks right as a as a military spouse or even as a military uh, person if if I didn't deploy as much or if I was home more to help my spouse you know everything would be better but the truth is that we have full control of that right but we just Mm -hmm. don't see it that way in the moment because it all seems as if it's happening to us and for example with a, a training that may happen you know from one day to the next and I know a lot of spouses out there are going through it right now especially during this time that you know over three thousand soldiers have deployed and it literally came from one day to the next right you feel powerless but what i want to say is that you have full control of what you want to make that mean today as the spouse as the wife as the mom because i know there's so many spouses out there that have kids or are even expecting right they're still in that phase of expecting and now they feel as if, you know, their husband or their spouse have been taken away from them. Yeah. So, you know, to kind of put that into perspective is to really ask, you know, why am I willing to, to be here, you know, for my spouse, for my child, or, you know, just to be here, especially if they have a job, you know, as this person and really look at it as a sense of you having power for your own feelings, right? Like for your own how you want to show up in the world exactly because you you truly do it's a difference you you will know the difference like me looking back I think I would have had more more what I like to call more space in my in my brain to actually serve my soldiers serve Mm -hmm. my daughter and my son serve my friends serve my family and even my husband right giving him that support instead of him calling and hearing me Complain about everything that's going wrong because he's not here.
0: Yeah, I call it space too. I talk about how when I indulge in mind drama, uh, things take up extra space in your brain. Like the the thing that's happening, like for example, say a deployment. The deployment is already taking up a certain amount of space in your brain, and it's already challenging. It's already hard just all by itself. But then when we indulge in worry and guilt and shame and resentment and anger and all these things that again aren't showing up really exactly how we want to be. Because rationally, we are supportive of their efforts, and we know we can handle the tasks at home and different things like that. But we're taking that deployment that's already just taking up this certain amount of space, and then we're, like, tripling the amount of space it's taking up inside your brain. And and we don't we don't have time for that. We don't have time to have our space extra filled up. Like, we want to really maximize that space in our brain by just taking everything for what it is and then creating what we want to make of it. And another thing that I love when you're able to get your thoughts organized through this work, through thought, thought work and mind management, you take something like like a deployment and you say like acknowledging that what that what your thoughts are creating about it, because if the deployment is the reason you're feeling resentful, or if the army is the reason you're feeling angry, then you have to get out of the army or he has to come home from his deployment <laughs> for you to feel better. But we know like they, they can be gone for a long time or we're going to be in the army for 10 years, you know, or longer. Right. And if if that has to change for us to feel better, then we are in tr- trouble. And so I love taking that part of the ownership back too.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, we would be in trouble because then they're home or now you're out of the military and you're back to now blaming it on something else. Now you're blaming it on the transition or you're blaming it on they're here for, you know, instead of being at work for 15 hours or now they're only at work for 10 and now we're arguing more or whatever the circumstance may be. But, you know, it's, you know, this whole, again, going back to, blame or, you know, fighting that negative emotion, which could be frustration or, or really any discomfort is really acknowledging that we aren't trying to fight the people, right. Or that circumstance, yeah. but it's really that we have to really accept the discomfort. That's where the work yeah. comes in, right? Like lean into
0: it Yeah. just
1: lean into it and, and push through it. Right. Because we know that it's coming up, right. Yeah. As a military spouse, we know that we Expect some type of training, TDY, deployment, yeah. we know that. We know that that's what we signed up for as a, as a family. So once you expect it, then you can accept it when it gets there. Yeah. And then I it can't... becomes so much easier or familiar.
0: Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To imagine to make these new ways familiar. I can't believe how my life has changed now that I lean into discomfort. This is a way I never thought before in my whole life till just these last couple of years. I really thought that we were trying to do whatever it took to avoid discomfort. I thought, I thought that was the point. And now that I lean into it and, and I, even when I thought I should avoid it, I knew like there's inevitable discomfort, but I still would try to minimize it and, and work past it and work around it. And it's not that we're going to bring like bring it on, but when it comes, lean in. That that right. has been life-changing for me to just like, I just can't believe how differently I feel operating that way. Yeah, it's so powerful.
1: Yeah. Because now you actually know what it's going to feel like versus Trying to resist it or just avoid it completely,
0: and I'm not afraid. I'm I'm willing to be uncomfortable. Like, yeah, such an empowering place. That's that's what I'm trying to give my listeners is just empowerment. Like, yeah, take just get rid of all that anything that's been disempowering for them. So that's so good. Okay, well, let's talk about you becoming a life coach and who you help and why and and all of that. So tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So this idea of a life coach started in 2013. So I started looking into it and. twenty thirteen, sorry, twenty fourteen, and it was just kind of like an idea out there. And when I realized I had a huge problem, which for me was overeating, I then really started to search and really go out there and seek help because I was doing everything and everything right. So I used to sign up for additional workouts. I used to sign up for the keto diet. I, I mean, every diet, like I've the pill I've, I've taken, right? All of it, and yeah. all of it. So. I've struggled since high school. I struggled with my weight. And mm. so I want to say almost 10 years that I struggled with my weight. And then one day I was like, I'm, I'm just so sick of this. Like, I'm going to get out soon and I don't want to continue to carry this weight with me. So I made a decision to hire a weight loss coach. Oh. And when I did that, I noticed that it was, for me, my problem wasn't only like eating, but it was the reason why I was eating, right? Like, for mm. me, I thought that, I, again, I used to blame. The army. I used to blame the leadership. I used to blame my husband. I used to blame my kids. I used to blame, I mean, the food. I used to blame everything. And then I realized that there are more people out there like me that need help. Mm -hmm. And I realized too that I love helping people. I love serving people. I love to be in a community that is well aware that you need the help. And with that, the I want to say the hardest thing for me, you know, it really took a lot of courage for me to identify that the problem for me was internal right because mm-hmm. I was blaming all these external factors but the problem for me was internal and at first I would shame myself you know how I looked in my uniform how I looked against other military personnel I mean just anyone right so I, I had so much shame of you know being 40 pounds overweight in the military and for me that was something that I wanted to do when I got out and you know was to serve continue serving so this idea of being a life coach really started then and then you know I lost the weight when I hired the life coach and I learned so much I heard about the life coach school I signed up immediately because I knew that was something that I wanted to pursue and and I did and now here I am really coaching veterans military you know active duty all branches and even veterans that have been out Mm -hmm. or, or transitioning out of the military to help help them not only lose weight, but to really become a better version of themselves.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I love that. So you certified as a life coach in twenty nineteen, right? Correct. Yeah. And you now serve any any veteran, male or female, correct. Wanting to work on their weight loss and and really change their lifestyle and change correct all their thinking around it and everything. That's so good. I love taking that different approach of the relationship you have with food and the, you know, like for example, it's familiar to us again using that word familiar it's familiar to us to you know you said at first you were really hard on yourself and and that was you were trying to like motivate yourself to lose weight that way but I love the way we we take the approach here with the life coach school and with these tools that that we've learned through that training of to love ourselves different and that's right that's an interesting idea and and we our brain I know mine initially resists it until I understand what that even means but it's such a powerful approach yeah no?
1: yeah and it's you know having that relationship with yourself right because- because that's what I didn't have. I didn't have that relationship with myself and really understanding why I was eating, right? Like understanding the cause so exactly. I could fix it. Right. And, you know, what I do through my program is not only causal coaching, but I walk them through, you know, step by step on how they can accomplish that and overcome their desire um when it comes to the cookie or the chocolate, because it's not about the cookie or about the chocolate. It's really about how you're feeling in the moment, right? Because I will say when we are stressed, (laughs) when we are overwhelmed, it's so easy to just seek an external thing to make ourselves feel better, right? Yeah, for sure. And that is familiar to us. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) it's just understanding your brain, man, to understand why you would take that action. That really just right there helps you get away from that shame and that beating you up Of instead of like, oh, just weak people eat chocolate when they're stressed, you know? like. I want to lose yeah. weight and I ate chocolate anyway, you know, yeah. and then you just beat up on yourself. But to to understand why we do that and then retrain our brains and just get so familiar with new patterns that are productive is such a sustainable way to, and, and uh, just to lose that weight and to enhance that relationship with yourself, with your body, your relationship with food, your relationship with the number on the scale. I mean, it yeah. all is so... Such fascinating work. I love yeah. I love weight loss. So awesome. Yeah, me too. Awesome. Okay. So Wendy, this has been a wonderful interview. Thank you for coming on. Can you please give us your information so that if any of my listeners are interested in contacting you about weight weight loss for veterans, that they could. how do we get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they can actually find me on my website, wendyray.com forward slash free consultation. If they are willing to take the first step, we can have planned out a strategy on how they could start their weight loss journey for free. It is a 45 minute call. So I'd be happy to do that for your listeners. And also if they want to follow me on Instagram at Wendy Ray.
0: Wonderful. And just with these consultation calls, you guys, you just have nothing to lose and everything to gain. It's a free, absolutely free call, free session to just get, I call it like, it's like a Costco sample. Like you get to taste the food before you buy it, right? Before you buy a whole package of it and you get to see if 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 it's something you would love and if it is great. And if not, no problem. Like it's just everything to gain, nothing to lose. I love it. Yes. Okay. well, I will link to all that information in the show notes so that they can have access to your website there if they didn't, if they're like driving and they can't write it down right now. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking with you today and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I have a hot mess moment for you guys to close out this episode today. And it's actually an outtake from the interview that I did with Wendy where I told her a little story about what happened to me on my very first day of life coach school. So here it is. Another thing that I think is so funny is, I don't know, I feel like when I'm making meetings like this with people, I have to do the math on like time zone. I I think, no, because we're just one off, I think. Are you central? Two. you You're Eastern. I do the math on time zones like six times because I'm like, okay. (laughs) Me too. I'm mountain. They're Eastern. Okay. So it means this because I've just, I've done it quickly and messed up so many times. (laughs) I, like, force myself to just triple, quadruple check-in. Yeah. So yeah. my very first class at the Life Coach School, I, I looked at my start time, you know, like, last uh, April. You know, I think you and I were on the same Yeah, path, yeah, yeah right? Yeah, yeah, I, sh- I, I logged into my thing, and I thought I was logging in a half an hour early, and I was logging in a half an hour late. And Ooh. I pop up on the screen, and I was like, oh, they're already <laughs> going. What's happening? Because I was just going to, like, finish my lunch. Like, I just wanted to have it, like, loaded and ready. And I was, like, I was mortified. Anyway, obviously, I worked through it, but... <laughs> ever since then I'm like quadruple check time zones
1: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) no I get
0: it and that is what I have for you guys today thank you so much for making time in your day to listen to this episode if you enjoy this podcast please share it with your friends I also love when you subscribe, rate, and review it. If this podcast resonates with you and you're interested in learning more, please send an email to jessie at simplyresilient.net to schedule your free life coaching mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.